The Center for Internet Security is launching the Integrated Intelligence Center with Executive Director Rich Light, who's joining us now along with Will Pelgrin, Chief Executive Officer of the Center for Internet Security. Thanks, gentlemen, for taking time to speak with me. Our pleasure, Eric. How are you doing? Will, tell us about the Integrated Intelligence Center and how it came about. First, thank you, uh, Eric, for having us back on your show. Uh, We're really excited about this new program. It takes what we've been doing for the last three or four years and and brings it into a a more formalized process. As you know, everything that we do the very beginning has been about collaboration and cooperation. We've got great partners out there from the state, local, territorial, and tribal governments the law enforcement community, as well as the private sector, how we can improve the cybersecurity posture in this country. Uh, One of the things we all have realized now that you really can't separate the physical side of the house from the cyber side, that those two domains really are integrated in a way that you need to understand the the threat complexes that each face in order to be as secure as you can be. Back in 2009, actually with Rich Light when he was the FBI in, in Albany, we started with the New York State Police meeting on a monthly basis and how we looked at threat information in a, a more comprehensive way, meaning talking about risk and, and, and threats out there, not just to share information, but how we can make that into an action statement. How can we move forward from a just a pure sharing of information to a real tactical approach? What can I do to better secure my environment or to mitigate something that may be going on? We work very closely with our partners in that arena to improve the cybersecurity posture for not only New York, but then for the country as well. We did that also with the New York State Office of Cybersecurity. Our goal was to be as inclusive as possible. We would have as many individuals as we could in a trusted environment to to share that information. And we went from a very ad hoc uh, process, which was when there was an incident, to a semi-formal process, which was meeting every month, to a little bit more formal process where a lot of these individuals were part-time with us to now a formalized approach through this integrated intelligence center. And I'm really, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have Rich Light heading up this force at the Center for Internet Security. It really takes this integrated approach and it facilitates that trusted relationship that we have with both the government and the, and the private sector entities to develop and to disseminate really critical comprehensive information that will help the security posture for all those involved. We look very forward to uh, working with our partners, and in particular, uh, the Department of Homeland Security at the federal level and the FBI have really come to the fore in helping us build this integrated intelligence center in a way that will be very useful to communities such as our Homeland Security Advisors, as well as to the fusion centers uh, around the country, as well as within New York State. With that, let me introduce Rich Light. Rich started with with us right after the first of the year, and he's been moving forward very quickly. Okay, why don't you tell us, Rich, a little bit about how the center operates? Well, it's still being stood up, as I think Will suggested. We've we've been at it since about mid-December, putting pen to paper and trying to formalize what that'll look like. We're establishing a customer base across state and local fusion centers and homeland security advisors. That uh, I was just at a conference, and they're they're clearly interested in having somebody facilitate the integration of the physical and cyber side and the intelligence that lives in both and trying to give as quick and actionable a picture as we can to the information that's out there for the benefit of all the partners. I think you know, our mission statement says that we're going to facilitate trusted relationships with government and private sector entities and develop and disseminate comprehensive coordinated intelligence products. And that's really the essence of what we're going to try to do. 
leverage the information that uh, CIS has here through the MSI SAC and couple that with our other partners and provide an analytical overlay to that and create some actionable intelligence products that can be used by all our partners. And do you know when all this will formally be available? Yeah, I think we're putting people in place right now. We've hired one intelligence analyst with a robust cyber intelligence background. We're going to look to hire several more, and I think sometime in the next two or three months, we hope to have something that's a deliverable for people to be able to take hold of and, and use in their day-to-day business processes. This is Will again. And one of the things that we want to do is really work with our partners out there to develop those products that really serve their needs. There's a lot of information out there. Let's put it in a way that is very useful because sometimes too much information doesn't allow it to move it into that action step. So Rich and I have been working very closely with the communities that we want to have as our, our, you know, our first line of partnerships out there and really produce those that really value uh, for them in order for them to do their job better. Walk me through an example of where the connection between physical and cybersecurity exists and what kind of service that you would get out of your organization. Sure. There's, you know, the example that I always uh, give, and I think it just resonates well, is that when we traditionally, and I think as a country, we've moved beyond this. uh, So let me just state that for everyone at the federal, state, and local uh, levels have really done a tremendous job moving forward in both the cyber and the physical arena and and improving our our security posture. But the example that I normally give that I think resonates well is that while we look at at bridges sometimes as just a physical uh, structure, those bridges, if they are either destroyed or incapacitated for even from a traditional threat-based analysis, one of the things that we need to also recognize is sometimes that there are telecommunications that run underneath those bridges and that there's also a cyber consequence. As we all know, that horrific event in 9-11 when that tragedy occurred, when those buildings came down, so did part of our infrastructure as well in the sense of our telecommunications. You know, we lost a, a number of connectivities that day. That was when the sea change happened to me when really when I recognized from my perspective, and I'm sure others much earlier than I did, that the relationship from physical to cyber can't be unwound, that we really need to understand both and be able to to breathe out on both so that as we look at this, we're looking at it as in in as comprehensive a way as possible to have the most accurate situational awareness that we can have at the time to make appropriate decisions that we make. The type of uh, attack uh, that occurred in 9-11 or the example with bridges, that deals sort of with the physical infrastructure part of cybersecurity, the cables and things like that. How about other types of cyber threats where we're talking about people getting into systems that can also perhaps threaten um, physical? If you speak about CIKR, you know, critical infrastructures and key resources and look at how many of those are internet facing and the SCADA systems that managed, uh, that are used to manage those systems, there's an entire ocean of things out there that are configured that way that are subject and vulnerable to intrusion, attack, manipulation, data corruption, which causes a lot of our physical things to fail. As we look at those, we want to be in a position to have a warning, being able to sound the warning and being able to do that with a degree of efficiency and economy that allows people to put their resources in the right place at the right time to prevent those types of things from happening. There are people who say you can't have cyber war without kinetic war. I don't want to talk about cyber war, but the point being there there is some kind of connection between the two. And as we evaluate vulnerabilities and as we evaluate threats, are we getting to a point where you really can't just focus on physical or cyber? This is Rich again. If I think I understand your question, I, I think the interview that you just recently did it with uh, the program manager for the information sharing environment, Mr. Paul, where he said there's such an integration of the two, and he suggested, and I think some level we have to agree, 
that you can't separate the two and that there's consequences from problems with both, specifically with cyber, as we become more cyber dependent. And I think if you do try to separate out the two, what happens is that you have a partial response and you may not see the entire picture either from a response perspective or a mitigation perspective or even hopefully a deterrence and, and a, to be able to prevent it from happening in the first place. If there's a particular threat, we need to think holistically about what that threat could mean and then make a determination as to what response actions that we're going to take. So I think ignoring one is no longer feasible. We need to ensure that both are at the table and both sides are considered, regardless of what that threat is. Uh, Will, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't your the organization that you headed up in New York dealt with cyber and physical security? My office was the Office of Cybersecurity, but we were within the Department of Homeland Security so that the relationship between the physical and cyber were very much tied together. So yes, you were correct. And I had a, a seat at the table in order to in, to bring that voice uh, forward from the cyber, but at the same time as the physical side was being heard as well. So New York and, and you know the governor is very proactive in ensuring that those two areas are very much heard uh, together and, and not separated. Are there new skills that will be needed to have professionals deal with cyber and physical together? You know, when you think about the skill sets, that's a whole new webinar that we need to do. We lack sufficient skill sets globally in this country. This is one of the areas that, from the cyber side just alone, I think there's almost zero unemployment in in that field. On the physical side, I think because it's a much more historic involvement, those skill sets are more readily available. We're doing everything possible, including our new teaching hospital, to ensure that those skill sets are available across the board to address this new arena that we all face, the challenges in this, this you know, domain. And think of the different sort of domains. You have air, you have sea, you have all of the, the land, you have all different ones. I think in this day and age, they've all collapsed into one and you really can't separate them out. You need to look at it from a very different optics than you did in the past. Thank you, gentlemen. Excellent. Thanks, Eric. It's a pleasure. That was great. Thank you. I've been speaking with Will Pelgren and Rich Light of the Center for Internet Security. For GovInfo Security, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.